Deadbeat Scroll by Mark Coggins is slick, sardonic, and suspenseful. Everything a great thriller should be, says New York Times bestselling author Lee Child. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 12. Beat Epiphany. So who is he exactly? I was sitting across a table from Angelina in a small coffee shop on Pine. After the twin debacles at her sister's apartment and the rare book dealer's office, I'd arranged to meet her and was now trying to learn more about the mystery man who'd followed me from the hotel. Like I said, he's a friend. She was wearing a sleeveless t-shirt and a pair of distressed jeans. The t-shirt had the image of a skeletal hand stenciled on the front, its bony fingers arching over her breasts nearly to her throat, and she'd accessorized with a wide-brim hat worn far back on her head. Are you jealous? She said with a smirk. I'll take the fifth on that. But to clarify, he's a friend from Canada. Yep. And he followed you here. Apparently. Did you know he was coming? No, I had no idea. Look, August, I'm not trying to hide anything. I actually mentioned him to you before. You did? She nodded. At the office, when I described how I found Chris. Jeff is the one who introduced me. I leaned back in my chair. You mean he's the other cross-dresser Chris got to know through the internet? On Ribbit. Angelina smiled. Reddit. It's called Reddit. But yes, he's the one. Then he's gay. If you have to categorize him, it would be best if you thought of him as bisexual. He seemed pretty upset with the idea of our spending the night. Are you in a relationship with him? She picked up her cup of coffee and took a sip. Mmm, this is good. I'll take that as a yes. Just winding you up, I lived with him and several other roommates in a big house in Vancouver. We may have hooked up once or twice, but I definitely wouldn't call it a relationship. But he might. Or he might wish it were. Maybe. Even though he dresses in girls' clothes, I said more loudly than I had intended, An older woman, sitting to the left of us, lowered her newspaper to glare. Boy, August, you need to get out of your cisgender box. And what does all of this have to do with my sister's murder? I let my eyes wander up to the wall behind her. It was decorated with a display of skateboards plastered with colorful stickers. One sticker showed a rabbit with X's for eyes, injecting purple liquid into a carrot with a hypodermic. I wasn't sure exactly what that signified, and I wasn't sure exactly why I was asking so many questions about Jeff. Maybe I was jealous. I shook my head. Possibly nothing. Did you tell him you were coming to San Francisco to look for her? Not that I recall. You still have his phone number? Sure. Then call him up and ask him what the heck he's doing here 
and when he arrived, and how he knew you were traveling here. And one more thing. Ask him if he knows the two jokers who dry-gulched me outside your sister's apartment. I can't imagine he would. Who are they? I haven't the foggiest, and you're absolutely certain you don't. She lifted her hat to push a strand of hair farther back on her forehead, then set it back down at a rakish angle. A Nazi scientist and a foxy-faced guy who speaks with a German accent? They sure don't sound like anyone I know. What about the manuscript I found in the car? Do you think your sister might have written it? It's possible, I guess. I didn't spend much time with her growing up, but when I knew her, she was more interested in drawing and painting than writing. I wasn't surprised when Chris told me she'd become an architect, because it seemed like a natural choice for her. But given the cards you found for the book dealer, isn't it more likely it was someone else's work? In school, we studied a Spanish novel called La Comena, The Hive. Maybe it was a copy of that. Unless it was written in English, it would have to be a translated copy. I suppose I could check. Do you remember what the author's name is? Sure. It's Selah. He won the Nobel Prize for Literature. He was kind of a weird dude. He offered to demonstrate how much water he could suck up his asshole during a TV interview. The older woman to the left stood abruptly and hurried past us to the door. At the threshold, she paused and gave us a look that would have frozen magma. Made ourselves a new friend there, I said. Weird would definitely describe what I read, but there's still the English problem and the fact it seems to be typewritten. Angelina nodded and looked down at her lap. Just a thought. But what do we do now, August? If Chris and my sister were killed for this manuscript, those men have it now. They apparently got what they wanted. And if they aren't from here, they may be on their way back to Germany or wherever they're from. How would you or the police ever go about finding them? I looked back at the wall of stickered skateboards. I don't know. After I walked Angelina back to her hotel and kissed her goodbye, I drifted down California to the intersection with Pal, where I'd encountered the tour bus the day before. I made a ride on Pal and stayed on it until it dead-ended at Market, where the cable cars are turned around for the trip up Knob Hill. I waded through a horde of tourists queuing for their $7 ride, brushed past a shirtless tap dancer in parachute pants, maneuvered around a Chinese woman with a large sign reading, The Chinese Communist Party is Satan, and walked up to the entrance of the flood building. Lacking any better ideas, I was heading back to the office to pick Gretchen's brain. I also owed her an update, as we hadn't spoken since the evening I'd discovered Corinne White's body. I found her at her desk, brow furrowed, clicking away on her computer mouse. She was wearing black again, a slim, body-hugging dress with sleeves that ended just below her elbows in French cuffs. And, like always, she wore it well. You look like you dropped your lollipop in the cat box, she said. I slumped into the Arion chair across from her. Your analogy, while overly graphic, is apt. I proceeded to give her a rundown on everything that had happened during the last 48 hours. She listened carefully until the end. Did you sleep with her? Come on. 
With everything I told you, you asked that? I ask because you have a stylish new haircut, and unless I'm mistaken, you actually put some gel into it. It's almost as if you were attempting to appeal to a younger woman. I told you I found Corinne's apartment by talking to the owner of a neighborhood business. The business was a hair salon. You went to a hair salon? Did they make you wear a smock and wash your hair in a bowl? Did you take pictures? I'm not getting into the details. Suffice it to say that it was all done in the line of duty. She smiled at me in a manner that made me think of us in the old way. Well, this is the only time I'm going to say this, but it looks good. You look good. Thank you. You didn't answer my question, though. No, and I don't intend to. Have you got anything else more relevant to ask, or, more to the point, something to tell me? Kittredge called. He confirmed the bullet that killed Corinne was a twenty-two, and that the rifling marks on it matched the marks on the bullet that killed Chris. And both sets were probably made by the gun of the guy I ran into today. Your Nazi scientist. Yes, I'm thinking of him as Herr Doctor until I learn his real name. Well, are you planning to tell Kittredge about Herr Doctor? I'm not sure. I'll have to own up to a lot more hanky-panky with Corinne White's house keys before I can bring Herr Doctor and his friend into the picture. This time, Kittredge might not let it slide. Gretchen pursed her lips. I figured you were going to say that, but Kittredge could bring a lot of resources to bear. I don't think so. At least not until I learn more. All I really have is a general description of two weirdos. I might not even be able to convince Kittredge to look for them, and I don't have any real proof that they did anything. I could confess to pocketing the keys and searching the apartment in the car and accomplish nothing more than an all-expense-paid trip to the county jail. She wagged her finger. You have a bad case of LWS, and always have. LWS? Lone Wolf Syndrome. But you're not working alone, and I do have some clever research that will help correct a major misapprehension that you are operating under. Do tell. You are way off base about the manuscript. It has nothing to do with this Spanish writer Angelina mentioned. Then what does it have to do with? Give me the title again. The Beat Hive. And what or who are the beats? You're asking a jazz bassist about beats? Not musical beats. The beat generation. Ginsburg, Burroughs, and Kerouac. That's the sort of beat we're talking about. The manuscript you found was a beat composition. I let my jaw hinge open. She was right. I didn't know much about beat writing. But I did know they favored a manic stream-of-consciousness style with a lot of repetition. That certainly fit with what I'd read. And then there was a title, which was an obvious pun, or obvious once Gretchen pointed it out. How did you know? Chris's internet search history. I've been going through his computer files, and that was one of the things I checked. 
He must have come back to the office after hours while he was on vacation because there were a number of recent searches about beat writers, the history of beats in San Francisco, and beat experts. I was impressed. For the first time, I understood that she and Chris had been real partners in the business. It was exactly the sort of thing Chris would have unearthed for me in our investigations. That's tremendous, Gretchen. You definitely earned your gold star for today. She cocked her head to look at me, and the faintest of smiles played on her lips. There's more. I found a beat expert Chris talked to, an old guy who actually knew some of them. Then I need to talk to him, too. You do. That's why I set up an appointment for you tomorrow morning. She peeled a post-it off a pad on her desk and handed it to me. All the details. Thank you. I looked down at the note. It struck me again how much Chris had figured out. There was hardly anything we'd discovered that he didn't already seem to know. I bet I can guess what you're thinking, said Gretchen. What? You're thinking we've been eating Chris's dust this whole time. Exactly. In fact, I'm surprised he didn't find the manuscript. Gretchen reached her hand across the desk to take mine. It's fine for us to be following him. That's how we find his killer. Just don't follow him to the end. You have been listening to The Deadbeat Scroll, a book the New York Journal of Books described as a glorious potpourri of violence, black humor, sex, and a hunt for a lost manuscript. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. <laughs>